Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, a podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. Today we're chatting with Lacey Montague in one of our special podcast series on leaders' life stories. Hi, Lacey. Hi, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so as we were saying off um, off the recording, really looking forward to this, this conversation today. Um, your career to date is really kind of fascinating. Some of the businesses you've been involved with, some of the conversations you'd have been involved with, I think are going to be really um, loads of lessons learned, loads of stuff that I think people would take lots of inspiration from and, and learning from uh, within this podcast today. So um, so let's get on with it. Really keen to sort of hear what um, what you've been up to. Great, so, sounds uh, Yeah, so let's, let's start with, um, you know, tell everybody who you are and what your role is today. Um, I'll be honest with you, Ian, whenever anyone asks me that question, who are you? I have a, a minor panic attack inside. <laughs> I think it's maybe even instinctive from years of business to go, well, who, who do I need to say I am in this particular yes. conversation? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess being really just, you know, honest, candid at the, at the, at the, end of the day I am a huge nerd <laughs> so I'm lazy <laughs> first of all yeah I am a huge nerd I'm I have a very dorky sense of humor um I love comic book movies and problem solving games and music of all sorts and I love cooking and 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 good wine um although that one's more of a necessity than a than a like something <laughs> <laughs> depending on depending on what job I'm in and, and where yeah. but uh career-wise um it's been an incredibly wild ride um sometimes I, I've been looking at my CV you know reworking my CV lately mm-hmm. and it's uh it's weird and bizarre and, and even I've been having a hard time you know kind of framing it because I've I've just it, it looks like I've gone in so many different directions, but when I've reflected on what has been the common threads and the cores throughout, um, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Uh, I, I have had the opportunity to get into um, the guts of all different aspects of business from kind of shareholder value creation through to setting business strategy all the way through to execution. And I've gotten into the finance side and the operation side and the R and D side. And that, that having the opportunity to get into all of those areas and to really see the inner workings of a business and how it ticks um, has been incredibly valuable because it means that I can then go into various types of businesses or types of roles and just help solve the problem. And I think, mm-hmm. but I think at my core, um, I'm a problem solver because I love it. It's yeah. exciting to me. It's a challenge. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what makes me, it makes me tick really. Um, it's been quite a wild ride. Um, currently I'm actually, particularly in the last few months, I've actually been for the first time in my life, allowing myself some time to take a very deep breath um, and some space to think. Um, I, I've i been pretty full on. I've actually been working since I was 15. Okay. Um, 16 in an office uh, in a accountant, accounting kind of bookkeeping kind of capacity. 
Um, and no matter what I was doing, no matter what age level of experience, I tend to, it tends to consume my entire life. Right. Um, in recent years, uh, I've discovered that it's quite possibly related to ADHD, the way that I attack kind of roles and, and projects, but regardless, um, that, that is the way I am. And it's near impossible for me to stop my brain from okay. entirely obsessing over a problem I'm solving. Yes. And if I have a job or a role, I look at that as a problem I'm solving, a continuous problem. <laughs> yes. I, I dream about it. I wake up in the middle of the night. I, I can't oh, stop yeah. about it. So back in 2018, I exited a, a, a SaaS software business that I co-led, co-founded um, out of a PE turnaround. It's a long story. But at the time of the exit, I promised myself I'd actually find time to take a break and recharge um, because I'd been working so hard and it truly had consumed me. Um, but inevitably, I threw myself into the acquiring company. And by the time I actually decided to go traveling, it was the beginning of the pandemic. So now, here I am five years after that exit and nearly 25 years into my career, I'm kind of giving myself some time for self-care. Truly, yeah. um, I have done some contract work, as I say, problem solving, um, supporting some, some businesses through uh, uh, go to market and, and other things. Um, and I've done lots of networking and, and getting together and talking to people. And I'm working on a few ideas that, I don't know, we'll say are, as they call, in stealth mode. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but the thinking space has been really, really valuable to a degree that I, I I wished someone, I wish I'd realized it a long time ago. I probably wouldn't have listened, but but it's been really valuable because uh, in true Lacey fashion, I've come up with about a hundred business ideas in the meantime. And because I think I'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart, I hate that expression, but for lack of a better way to describe yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's really been really, really good because when you don't have a bias, i.e. the, the role you're in or the thing you're focusing on, you can really kind of take a step back, reflect on the past roles, what went right, what, what, what went wrong, where I could improve, what I could do differently, and not just me, but also business in general, you know, where do, what kind of decisions do I want to make for the future? So it's a long-winded way of saying I am taking a little bit of time to my, to myself. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 I can see that. Working on a few things, watch this space. Yeah, great. Okay. And I, and I will. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that is a really energetic start to the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, high energy that obviously gives an indication of, of your career to date and your leadership style I guess as well um so let's sort of take you as far back as we can now then maybe to give a little bit of a glimmer of where did kind of Lacey begin I suppose so you know what's your what's your first memory growing up then have you you know where, where does where does that start for you in your head oh that's a that's a difficult one. It, it it's one that you know I we me and friends have asked each other at the pub over a pint, right? <laughs> yeah. or, 
I'm not sure I know the answer to that. I'm not sure I know what the earliest memory. I guess there's a collection of memories uh, when I was young. Um, One in particular where I would sit on the kitchen floor and um, go through the my mother's kitchen cupboards and try to organize them in the most geometrically efficient oh, wow. um, configuration for her. And I, re- I remember her asking me to do it and I remember being really excited to do it. Um, and when I wasn't doing that, my nose was in a, a, a mystery novel or, or as I said, I kind of alluded to earlier, you know, solving a, a puzzle, like playing mm. some kind of game. I think that 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 was very much my my kind of personality. I I, I loved I loved all things puzzle solving. Um, I recently was asked as part of a book club uh, that I that I got signed up to as a gift. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Just a funny way to to phrase it, but. Like of it, and I, I, it had me considering way back when, when I was young, what did I want to be? Yeah. Or even what, what would I, what would like to me? What if I started all over again? And and I always come back to either like a police detective or a chef. Wow. Okay. And, and as bizarrely different as those two things yeah. seem, uh, they they probably come down to a couple of kind of core parts of my personality the first being that I love solving puzzles especially when something is broken or falling apart there's nothing more kind of satisfying to me than saving something that other people thought was not salvageable Uh, but I also love building and creating things typically when they're very complex and and I have to learn new stuff very quickly and they're very challenging and I you know and I think that that kind of permeated my career, you know, helping founders and trying, you know, being a founder myself. And then, um, and then I guess on a more emotional level, I I've always just had a, had a kind of disdain for injustice and inequality and kind of pain inflicted on people. You know, I have an instinct for protecting people and it's as strange as that sounds, you know, like I, I love the idea of being a chef. I love, I love entertaining. I love like I'm like mom to a lot of the, 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 the friends family, they come over, I feed them, yeah. uh, you know, which probably came from, from, from my, my maternal side of my family as well. Um, but I, I'm just, you know, I think, I think it's probably that kind of mix of, of things. Um, if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, and it's a, it, it is a, it's a difficult question because memories are such a sort mm-hmm. of a combination of, stories you've been told and actual memories and it's difficult to sort of pick them apart I think when yes. you, you ask a question like that but it it yes. it starts to kind of take you back to <clears throat> how do I do things and, and why do I do things and, and I guess that's that's the intent of the question so I think that helps us understand yes. you a little bit more yes yes most definitely um so so just you, you described your journey and your CV as a, as a bit kind of weird. So let's kind of get into that a little bit more then. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting language, isn't it? That, that weird does sound like quite a negative word, but I, I, I don't think like that, actually. I think weird has started to become something that's described as a, you know, quite a open, 
quite a exciting um sort of word these days what is weird i think used to used to describe something quite a negative thing so i'm 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 taking that you mean weird as 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 something different actually so so let's get into that then so you know talk to us and describe your journey to to, to where you are now then so you know your you know your job when you were 15 16 and 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 throughout then talk talk to us about that journey yeah, I mean, well, for starters, I'm weird and I see that as positive. So <laughs> I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I think I I think we we need to we need to kind of see these these strange journeys that aren't maybe historically considered the typical path as valuable. We need to see yeah. the value in them. And and I I certainly can can reflect historically on my journey and see see the value, the value in it. Um so I'm I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. So American, just in case anyone is wondering if I'm Canadian. Um, <laughs> I I I moved here in 2005, and before I got to the UK, um, I was. I mean, it, I'll try to give you the short version because even even up until that point was uh, was a weird and wonderful journey. Um, but it probably it shaped and formed a lot of a lot of of how I approached things. Um, I I always uh, did well in school, but I hated it. Okay. Um, I found it incredibly challenging and difficult. Um, not a lot of people knew this. I don't even think my my parents knew that I internally felt like I was stupid and something was was wrong with me because I felt like I had to work 10 times harder than everyone else to get the good grades that I got. Okay. Um, yeah. But I couldn't wait to get out of school. So I was I had the opportunity to test into this program in high school, um, which meant that I could test out of high school early and then go into like a college university, uh, which was strange because I looked very young and I was little. <laughs> and I'm in this university with all these like older kids and I'm in these college classes and it was, it was quite intense, but I wanted the time. I wanted to speed everything up, wanted to get out of there and I wanted to start my career. I was excited. About it. Yeah. And it, what it meant is that I could work and so I got a job in a, in a flying club that flew little Cessna airplanes and I did all sorts of things. I did bookkeeping, I did office admin, I helped run their little test center where people could get, they could test to get their pilots license, anything they would let me do, I would do. Um, to the point where the owner asked me to move all of his general ledger T accounts from old handwritten ledger books into a brand new accounting software that I had never seen before. Um, and so I started doing those things before I even really was, you know, doing full-time university classes. And because of so because of those kind of those opportunities that I would just grab, like, yeah, give me a problem to solve. Yeah. I want to learn something new. It, it was always just this instinct in me and I would, it would excite me. So I started doing business and a major in accountancy because I didn't really know, nobody really guided me at that point. There was no, I listened to your, your, your podcast uh, around, for, uh, around neurodivergence. And there was a lot of conversation about changing the way universities and schools start to assess the skills and the passions yes. of the individual and where they might fit in. 
there was there was nothing like that, right? No, nobody was saying, "Oh, you're good at that. Your brain works like that. Yeah. This is what you'd be great at." So I just kind of did the logical thing, and then I went down this kind of accounting and finance route. But my first kind of after the flying club, I was at this company, uh, a manufacturing company, uh, for for seven ish years, I think it was. Um, and again, I was like, find problems, solve them. <laughs> so I would either go find a problem I'd want to solve. I'd go find looking for problems. And then I'd ask them if I could please solve them. <laughs> and when they noticed that I was good at it, they'd hand me projects. So I'm like 18 years old. And the VP of finance is like, see these 10 different bank accounts we have. Well, we haven't reconciled them for about three years. None of the balances wreck. Would you go do it? I was like, yes, <laughs> myself in a room <laughs> and I'm like reconciling bank statements. And it wasn't because I loved accountancy and I loved reconciling bank statements. It was because I loved fixing the thing and solving yeah. the problem. Yeah. And it wasn't until later I, I, I acknowledged that. So when I moved to the UK in 2005, it was supposed to be temporary. At that stage, I had actually decided I wanted to be a forensic accountant in the FBI. No joke, <laughs> like not a joke. I was, I was, I had act, I was actively pursuing contacts that yeah. I knew people in the FBI. Yeah, I was so. I had learned through this finance, these finance roles. Yeah, the thing I loved was that yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be in the FBI. Great. Um, and, uh, but I, I thought I had the opportunity to move to the UK, but it was going to be a temporary, go see Europe, go see the UK. And I, I, I fell in love with this country. I fell in love with everything about it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go home. Um, of course I miss my family, but in terms of, uh, of where I could see myself, you know, living and where I fit in, I just, I felt like I, I fit in not just the UK, but the Midlands, <laughs> which yeah. where a lot of my friends, uh, uh, a lot of my friend base uh, now, my kind of, I call them my British family are, yeah. but, but I ended up, um, I ended up, so I ended up just going, do you know what? I'm just going to get a job because I was getting bored and I got a job at Empower, which kicked off my kind of career in yeah, yeah. energy and tech. Yes. Um, and lots of problems to solve. And lots of problems to solve. And, and at the time I, I, I had, like I say, I was trying to be a forensic accountant. I was thinking about doing my U.S. accountancy. So I was a little lost. And I was like, listen, just give me, a, I went to a temp agency. Just give me a job. And she's like, you're overqualified. I said, I don't care. I, I will input data because I knew I'd just find some stuff to fix. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what I did. And that was kind of the beginning of, of, of what has ended up been me moving around the energy industry tech and technology. It led me deep into the complexities of the energy industry across operations, finance, as I said earlier, and eventually technology, R&D, building great products for customers um, and, and, and everything from strategy to execution, because I just can't help myself. I want to learn everything and I want to get involved in everything. And I love seeing how it all kind of comes together and, and it yeah. works. <clears throat> so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the broad high level, high level scope, but yeah. I role wise, it was, it was again, all kind of a little bit, a little bit all over the place. 
Um, but as you know, inevitably, as you grow in experience, your roles grow in seniority. Hmm. And you you end up in 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 leadership positions, um, and I don't think uh, career ladder and leadership roles was ever my aspiration. It's just something that 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 kind of that kind of happens. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, I I love I love collaborating with great people to to make stuff make stuff work and, and build build great things. Brilliant. Okay. Um and. One of my things is is potentially oversimplifying. Um, so just listening to everything you've just hit us with there, and you you kept coming back to problem solving, problem solving, problem solving, and it and it it just seems like that's the that's absolutely the underlying driver here. So whether it's learning about people, learning about technology, it seems like you're driving further and further onwards into solving more and more problems, bigger problems, more complicated problems. And it's all about that problem solving gene drive, call it what you want. Yeah. But it's, it's focused on where's the next problem and, and, and you know, where can I go find the solution? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I, I, it's, 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 it's always, it's always my driver. And I think in the very early days, I was very, very like logical and systematic and process driven when I was, when I was young in particular. And as you, as you move through an organization and, and you see the complexities of what it means for, you know, um, the sh for, for a CFO trying to set budgets based on shareholder, you know, value and exit strategy, and then how that's supposed to, to feed, you know, come together with, with making your customers happy and giving them the best product. And then how you operationally organize yourself around these things. And then how you get, how do you, how you build great tech on a budget in time frames once you start to to get experience in all these areas and you know you you the very kind of young naive oh just make this process really simple and really straightforward and really efficient that kind of very young naive view um you start to realize it is not that simple there are a lot of gray areas you have to make compromises you have to give and take and then eventually you realize, I think my biggest epiphany was at the end of the day, you can, you know, if I was walking in as an investor or advising an investor on an organization, um, and I, I have my fair share of experience doing due diligence on some startups, yeah. you can walk in and you can find the best technology the best processes, the best operational, uh, you know, uh, um, operating model. You can find great employees. You can find, you can find a market, an addressable market that's huge, and customers that are dying to buy your product. But if your leadership team is broken or or, or not working and are not able to get the best out of all the people then you probably will fail. Mm. And, and that sounds very harsh and maybe maybe black and white, but, but at the end of the day, 
businesses are a collection of people that need to operate like a, like a really smooth running like organism um where everybody works together and is you know in it, and is excited to be doing it and is feeling like they're adding value and i think that that's actually the the biggest um uh challenge for leadership is is that that at the end of the day it's that is that it's all about people yeah. um, people are not a problem to solve necessarily but the problem to solve is how we get better at you know bringing our people on the journey and bringing our people together to actually deliver something something great yeah that's been the thing that's been my biggest reflection probably over the past past year you know it's something you kind of learn as you go through but yeah it's on my mind heavily at the moment yeah I like that Uh, and I've always I've always been somebody that has has, um, enjoyed um the people aspect of any roles I've been in uh, and I've missed it if I if I haven't had that in there but it's often been described as well you're good with that people stuff but but stop focusing on that we need you to focus on some of these other things um it's almost been seen as a as a bad thing whereas more and more recently um seeing the last sort of five ten years or so I sort of noticed that shift to change leadership styles and to see that that people are rightly at the center of an organization and the description you have, which I, I like the simplicity and the black and white nature of it, that all the other aspects of a business could be absolutely hot. But if your leadership isn't there, yeah. it's, it's not going to outlast um, and it's not going to get that business to where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And at the end of the day, if one of those things isn't working, um, at the that that comes down to: Are you getting the the right people in your organization together? To, and are are you able to galvanize them to set the right strategy to build the operational execution plan, then to actually execute on it, you know, like having the, having the the right organization is just absolutely, absolutely vital. And, you know, being a contractor in the past, I think it's more than eight months now, I don't know, I'm a little bit losing track of time, (laughs) but um, being a contractor has been interesting to watch sometimes the trend of organizations bring in contractors to solve a particular challenge yeah uh, which i think is really really valuable um but then they need to be able to take that and and go forward with it and and that's why when i when i do walk into a, a contract role i tend to say listen i'm i i am strategic i am top level strategic but i don't want to just walk away having handed you a very high level top level strategic plan that you then don't know how to execute i would like to get my hands dirty get in with your team make sure this strategy is 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 executable that it's that it can cascade through your organization and maybe even help you kind of kickstart the 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 progress of of said plan that's my preferred preferred way a way of working is to be able to to, to do a little you know help them with that top level strategy but ha- yeah. actually get into a little bit of enough of the detail that i can help them get some build some momentum 
yeah yeah and and i guess that's the that for me is the um the, the, almost like the proof of the the strategy is that you can back yourself to deliver on that strategy and yeah. that you're confident enough of it's working that you'll say hey i'll i'll hang about and i'll help you deliver it but also it gives the business confidence that this is the right strategy because you know it starts to work and you kind of go oh well this is this is good we like this whereas as you say if it's a a cold presentation of a strategy and then you walk away the chance of that succeeding starts to starts to diminish i think yeah yeah absolutely and look hands up most of what i learned i think i learned from failing <laughs> or from from just the reality of of situations i've been in that you know maybe i didn't realize they would go that way but they but they did you know so you know i i have i've had a v- variety of roles i've been kind of in in an organization um i i kind of worked within settlements and finance in in an energy supplier mm-hmm. um, and kind of projects inside the energy supplier and then i i was a i i did like a strategic started as a str- strategic kind of turnaround analyst uh for a pe house that then turned into building a SaaS business almost from scratch kind of we had like a few assets but we kind of had to like re shift their um their them entirely into a new business model and build that whole thing up from scratch i mean i remember at the time talk about learning new things i googled how do i build software (laughs) this is over a decade ago I legitimately had no idea because I had to hire an engineer I had to decide what tech to use what platform do I go SQL or no SQL or and I didn't even know what those things meant at the time and yeah and kind of had to had to really kind of go with a combination of 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 learning as fast as possible and my instincts but but eventually realized the most important thing I could do was find great people and surround myself with great people mm. hopefully many of whom are smarter than me and 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 get them and and galvanize them together so that we can actually do this art you know do this together because there was no way I was going to be able to learn everything I needed to learn in the time that I had um and so I'm you know I'm I think I think that's that's probably the biggest, most important thing I will always carry with me is find great people, learn from them, work together, figure it out together, because yeah. uh, that's that's really where success, you know, comes yeah. from. I, I like that, and I think that's a that's a real shortcut lesson. Um, you know, you, you've obviously been hugely successful in your problem solving endeavors right through your career but it seems that 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 kind of realization that you can solve lots of problems on your own but actually getting people around you that are amazing and incredible and on the journey with you to solve those problems is the is this the right way to do things yeah yeah i mean i can make a a long list you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't make long list of of the people that have been absolutely fundamental to you know everything I've had. I've had to get done right. Just having great team with me um, has been the most valuable. Great. 
So just just moving on then, so thinking about some practical stuff that people might be able to learn from you. Do you do you sort of sign up to this idea of having a everyday routine, or is it you kind of play what's in front of you, so to say? Uh, I'll be honest. I am terrible with routine because I get so bored so quickly, like truly. Um, I get obsessed with routine when I feel like things are out of control in my life. And then I very quickly move off of that. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just, just being, just being honest. I, I can go from, I can go from being like crazy organized to wild west, uh, which again, I'm on a, a little journey of discovery around ADHD, but could very well be that. I'm not going to blame it on, on <laughs> but let's, let's just say that I, I, there's, there's a lot of evidence to point to that being a potential factor. Yeah. Um, but I, so for example, right now I'm on a ridiculous health kick because I decided that I, you know, need to get that under control. So it's wake up, you know, wake up, have my coffee, have my breakfast, you know, read my, you know, learnings, whether that's industry news or business articles or whatever I yeah. read, uh, go to the gym, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I'm really, I'm really quite terrible at, at routine. I, I kind of, as I said, I tend to, to whatever project I'm in, I just, it, it kind of envelops me, but mornings are my, my most energetic, my mind, I wake up and it's like a, it's like, it's like someone flicked on a giant led light and, and glared it in my face. And then all the thoughts come rushing in and I have 500 ideas and I can't take a shower fast enough because I just need to go get them all out. <laughs> and I've often wished that there was like a robot following me around that I could just shout out ideas and thoughts and they could write it all down for me. I don't know, maybe one day there will be. Yeah, yeah I reckon there will. Yes. I can I can imagine you with a, a VR helmet on just yeah. talking into this AI screen. Yes, I am not one for for routine and I am sure that every person who's ever worked for or with me would say I'm I'm kind of annoying in that way because I'm a little I'm a little um I'm a little hyper and all over the place and it's it's hard to like nail me down yeah 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 so, yeah yeah because I can imagine you know at certain stages of a project certain stages of a business that high energy is absolutely needed and as you describe in other areas some people are looking for that calm um plan and that routine and they're like where 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 is that Lacey so how do you how do you then kind of sort of step back and kind of go oh actually I've got to I've got to temper my my energy levels a little bit or do you just sort of abdicate within your team and the team kind of goes we're just going to pick this up okay that's that's a good question um if you look at my career I have almost never with a very few exceptions, chosen to remain in a role where I just do calm, BAU, execute, yeah. head work. Where I've been in those roles, 
I have looked to automate the work I'm doing, <laughs> you know, so I can push a button and go find more problems to solve. Yeah. And then I find them, I put a process around them, I automate them, repeat. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I tended, for example, I think my very first job, my first big accounting finance job, I helped them take their month end process down. I mean, I was 17, 18, but I, and I had never been an accountant before, but I just was like, why is this month end process so long? It was like, why does it take weeks to do this? It shouldn't take this long to get these financial statements out to the, to the share, you know, to the board. And I, I was like, no, we're going to get this down from, you know, whatever, two weeks to five days or whatever. And obviously it wasn't me alone, but yeah. Though that is my instinct is, is to do that. And then I, and then, yeah, I've tended to then move on to roles where uh, they're not like that. That's why I've never gone into an organization and climbed a career ladder in an, in a kind of stable okay. AU organization. Yeah. I love startups where it's high energy and it's a little chaotic at times and you've got to just get in the war room you know, some of my team from Evolve Analytics that, you know, some of them are still at, at GenTrack now, post-acquisition, we, we sometimes reminisce about how we used to love when like, oh my gosh, there's an emergency, there's a problem, this customer, we need to solve this. And we'd get in the war room, like seven of us max, and just hash it out, figure it out and go get it done. And we would love that, right? And, and in larger organizations, back to my point about galvanizing and bringing people together, that is truly a almost art form to be able to run and, and organize um, people in larger organizations so that you still have agility. It's going to naturally slow down, which I, I do believe you can still do that. But that's where I tend to sit, you know, when I, I love turnarounds, I love, I love distressed businesses that have potential, um, you know, I, I took a, I took a CEO role at social energy, um, which unfortunately, you know, didn't, didn't go the way that any of us wanted it to go. Um, but it was, you know, it had exciting potential, the bigger, the challenge, the yeah. better for me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I've just never, I've never done the BAU. I either try to automate it or, or, you know, I, I, I leave it to the people who are, who are good and happy with that. Mm. Some people really love that. And I just, I don't have the, probably, I probably the, the, the patience for it. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's great to have that self-awareness, um, that you don't force yourself into doing things that a, you don't enjoy and be you're not as good at as yeah. you are the, the other things and, and I think it's that diversity within an organization that's absolutely needed so we yeah. you know, we talk about diversity and I guess we we that, that that conversation starts with race and gender originally and it kind of it's starting to span out now into education background neurodiversity and, and just thinking about teams and businesses that are absolutely certainly in my opinion better for having a fully diverse workforce and teams um rather than that kind of echo chamber of everybody thinking and, and talking the same because they all they all look alike or they all think alike yeah and i think 
I think that historically, particularly when I started my career, the fact that I do get kind of my brain is so active and all over the place that I get bored of the BAU was seen as a flaw in my character, you know, potentially seen as um, an inability to be disciplined. Yes. Um, but, but we need every type of person, you know, you, Elon Musk is not the kind of person that, you know, that, that you, you would expect to be kind of ongoing executing a plan in an organization, right? But without yeah. Elon Musk, you have no innovation. Yeah. So, but you you need that. And 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 yeah, you're right. The diversity conversation is is moving into all sorts of arenas. But what's funny is I've always thought of it as diversity of thought, period. And I, I since as early as I can remember having my own team, what I loved was people disagreeing and having an argument, not an argument, but a, a debate about yeah. the right way to do things because people come from different experiences. And I think the experience they come from can be sex, gender, um, sexual orientation, gender, uh, um, uh, race, religion. Uh, it can, it can come from all sorts of things. It can also just come, it can come from your socioeconomic background. It can come from your nature, your nurture. You have so many factors to why your, your, your mind is diverse, but it's, I think it's so important, absolutely Mm. important. And I've always loved no matter how on the, on paper diverse, my teams may or may not have looked. I always loved the idea of allowing everybody a safe space to express what they thought we should be doing and to not feel embarrassed or like they were going to be told that they were stupid or that some hierarchical um, kind of, you know, I'm the boss at the end of the day, you know, my word goes kind of attitude would come out. I I never, I never wanted that. I wanted it to always be a, a very collaborative space because that's that's how i think we get the most value out of our organizations yeah absolutely so the 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 question that that leads into and it's a question we ask on on all of our leaders life stories is about bias and whether whether we think bias is going to be removed or not but i I guess i'm going to slightly change that question for you and whether you think bias is a, is a is a good thing because that's what you're bringing to that discussion is your bias versus somebody else's bias so just wonder whether you think of that slightly differently i i do i, I wouldn't um label it as a good thing or a bad thing i would just say it's inevitable and i do not think it's ever going to go away i think mm-hmm. it will change um our biases will always change i think we as human beings find safety in our biases because they come from, we need to understand the world. We need to define things and label things because it makes us feel like we're more organized or in control or like we understand things. And for some people, it makes them feel a part of something, a part of a a clan or a, 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 you know, you know, my, 
you know, in America when it's St. Patty's Day and everybody's like, my family was Irish and let's make all the beer green and they celebrate yeah. that, you know, it's, there's something about that. Right. And, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. And yes, I think it makes all of us a part of who we are. I think we should, I, I hope that we become more open-minded as a, a society to t- understanding each other's, you know, experiences and, 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 and maybe, cause I, I don't think we need to agree with each other all the time, no. but we need to respect each other's experiences and, and maybe try new stuff and, and, you know, and, and, and not always think that our way is the right way. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, hoping will, will continue to, to change. The thing is, and, and I'm going to go back to your, your podcast that I really, really enjoyed um, with her name was, what was her name? Emma? Emma Wee. A week, yeah, because I think the root at the root of this is how we treat children in school and as they're trying to decide what to do with their career. And I loved the I loved the um, how they talked about in the Special Olympics that they don't go they they look they look at the person and say, okay, here's all of your capabilities and things that you could do. Like here's here's a whole bunch of choices where you could fit in and you'd be, you'd be, you know, you'd be valuable and et cetera, et cetera. I would like to see organizations start to kind of, you know, turn, turn this on their head. I, I thought after that podcast, wouldn't it be amazing if instead of publishing a role that we have with really specific kind of uh, really specific, you have to do this in this way, Mm profiles because that's what they are yeah and then you go and you look for people to fit that very like rigid role what if we ran like recruitment process once a month to just find out what candidates are people are out there who are interested in our organization and our company and then they come and then you you don't interview them with a role in mind or you don't try to fit them into a box you you go who are you? Tell us about you. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What are your skills? And then all of a sudden you start thinking about things differently because you think there's this whole pool of these amazing people. How could they fit into this organization to yeah. make it better? Yeah. I think we have a ways to go, but I I am hoping that that we start to move kind of towards that that direction. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. So we're we're getting to the end of the podcast now, Lacey, and what a what a ride has been. Um, full of energy. I mean, it's so so. Before um, we originally spoke, um, I'd, I'd been sort of advised to speak to you by a few different other people, um, and their description of you was that you were a force of nature. <laughs> and, and I think that really comes across in in the two conversations that we've had, actually. Um, is that real kind of energy um, pushing through normal ways of doing things and I mean normal as in traditional rather than um, anything else um, and, it, and that really comes across and that you, you, you you're in a place certainly from what, what it sounds like that you know what you're good at you enjoy doing those things and you're um, you're in a privileged position, I suppose, to kind of go, yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to do things I don't want to do anymore because I've, I've learned that that's not for me. So 
so where where next for you then? Do you do you even know yet? Do you have a plan for that? Yeah, I I I wouldn't say I have a plan. I think if you may have noticed, I don't I don't um I don't tend to have a plan until I until I figure out the strategy. Right now, I have I have a a few things I know I would like to do. I know what I am excited and passionate about. Um, I know what I don't want to do. Things I'll never, never situations I'll never get myself into again. And I, I, I understand the the red flags a little bit better, if that makes sense. Um, I have a couple of things I'm I'm looking at. I'd love to get myself into a founder position again with something kind of exciting and I don't have to be the founder I can help the founders uh as I say I have I have a few a few ideas you as you know the energy industry is in such an exciting place right now it's one of those industries where I fell into it accidentally and if you'd asked me years ago, I'd be like, I need to get out of this and get into a new industry. <laughs> and now it is the place to be. Yes. Um, and there's just such an opportunity to bring really great products to the end consumers. And, and I spent most of my career bringing products and technology to business businesses, you know, B2B to C. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to get a little more consumer focused. I'd like to do something a little, a little bit. Um, I'd like to just get my hands in, into some of the, the great opportunities out there, but um, I don't have anything concrete to say other than I'm exploring yeah. um, and having fun and having fun doing it. Sounds like that. Wonderful. So um, thanks for today, Lacey. It's been, it's been a really cool podcast I've enjoyed listening to you. I know others will will get that too. And there'll be there'll be other people that are maybe earlier in their career that are feeling or have certainly been had some of the um challenges that you've had that I think they'll listen to you today and kind of go, oh wow, actually this this truly is an opportunity to grab things and to really focus on what I'm good at rather than listening to either my internal dialogue or other people's view of me that I should be doing things in a certain way and I think you you're sort of the the career that you've had the success that you've had um is a is a great sort of um lesson for others to sort of pick up on actually thanks uh, it's been it's been really really nice really really nice to speak to you too and I hope we can um do some other things together in the future perfect thanks Lacey so um as always, um, thanks for choosing to listen to what to what the future. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe and tell others about us. And finally, mentoring is a hugely valuable step on the leadership journey, and we're here to help make a difference. If you feel the same way, then please get involved. Tap the Join Us button on our webpage, which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com, and follow us on our LinkedIn page to jump in on the on the discussions. So for now, goodbye, and we'll speak again soon.